Thanks for tuning in to 318 Live Podcast. If this is your first time, we want you to know that you are loved. And we're praying for you. We're praying that each message will encourage you no matter what journey you find yourself in. We hope you enjoy this message. So, uh, so we're going to just share with you tonight. I'm going to share with you. I'm going to kind of open up tonight. We're going to talk about, um, about a subject. Now, I, I, I began my, my ministry, my career in ministry early on in the Baptist church. I got any, any Baptist or former Baptist folks in the house. I love the Baptist people. Come on. Come on. You know the Baptist people. They're quiet. One guy yells. The rest of them know they ain't supposed to yell in church, right? <laughs> if you, you don't yell in church if you're Baptist. You don't clap, right? You don't, you don't clap, right? So it's okay, Baptist people. It's a safe place. If, if you're Baptist, make some noise right now. Just go ahead. Make some noise. There you go. It's okay. I'm not going to tell your pastor. I'm not going to let him know you did it. Um, so b- because you're Baptist, and, and some of you that weren't Baptist, maybe you got in on this too, but, but those of you who are Baptist, I know you, you, you were in on this. I was talking to Kelsey in the back. How many of you Baptist people went to a True Love Waits weekend? Can I just, can I just, come on, raise your hand, make some noise, True Love Waits. If you, even if you weren't Baptist and you went, you know what I'm talking about? You went to a True Love Waits thing, right? Some of you are like, what? Um, Kelsey and I were talking about the difference between Baptist and AG in the back. And uh, I said, oh, yeah, if you was Baptist, you, you went to True Love you, True Love Waits every year annual, right? You had an annual every year reminder that true love waits, right? If you was AG, we had a totally different deal. We just tell you if you had sex, you was going to hell. And so we didn't, we didn't, see, you see what I'm saying? It wasn't the same. We didn't need a weekend to get it out. We just, in one sentence, if you know, if you have sex, you're going to go to hell. And so, and so AG people were like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Right? Baptist people, we had to ease them into it. We weren't allowed to say that. So, you know, so I, I did a lot of True Love Waits weekends. I mean a lot. And so for those of you that have never attended a True Love Waits weekend, um, it basically it's a, it's a weekend ceremony, two days talking about the importance of abstinence and God's view on sexual relationships. It, um, and at the end of the weekend, we would invite students to sign a pledge card. Amen. Signed a pledge card, made a pledge. Millions of students across the country made a pledge that they would be abstinence, uh, be, remain abstinent until, until marriage. And then, and then if you were a serious true love weights person, like, I mean, if you was next level true love weights, you would get that purity ring ceremony. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all still got the purity ring? Come on. How many of you still wearing it? See the hand. One. Hey, I appreciate you. Stay faithful, girl. Stay faithful. <laughs> You had the purity ring ceremony, right, where, where we, and, and jewelers thought this was the great, I, I'm convinced that the jewelry industry came up with this crap, right? Because they were like, not only can we sell a ring when they get married, we can sell a ring to them when they 12, 13, 14, 15, we making dollars on dollars on dollars, right? You was going to get a purity ring, and, and so guys would get one, and girls would get one, and sometimes the parents would come, and the parents would present the ring. I mean, it was like a graduation ceremony event, right? And, and, and I would do those, and then, and then the next year we would come back, and we would, we would do it again. Um, it was... It wasn't until after several years of doing that that I began to consider the message that we were relaying to students, the message that true love waits. And one day I sat down and I just kind of I asked myself this question, does it? Like, like, I know that in the physical sense that true love waits. I, I, I get that. I know that, you know, in the, in the sexual aspect prior to marriage, I, I understand that true love waits in that aspect. But, but in the every day-to-day life aspect, in living that day-to-day Christian, Christianity, that day-to-day Christian life, does true love really wait? The answer, surprisingly enough, was found in the same passages of Scripture that we were using to say that true love waits. Um, and, and I'd used it hundreds of times to express the importance of waiting. The truth was, and always has been, is that true love doesn't wait. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about that. We're going to dig into that. We're going to dive into that tonight a little bit in the, in the scripture. So the Bible defines true love for us in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. And I'm just going to read that. And if, if you don't have it, it's right there. there. Not a fair shot. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, 
hopes all things, endures all things, love never ends. Guys, true love is not waiting to be patient and kind. It is patient and kind. It always has been patient and kind. And the truth is, is that if you're waiting to be patient and kind, you will struggle and most likely fail when the opportunity presents itself. Patience and kindness requires a proactive response on our part. Patience takes preparation. St. Augustine said this, Patience is the companion to wisdom. Practicing, developing, and nurturing patience is a cornerstone to happiness and living a calmer, well-rounded life. Patience is hard, you guys, because we live in a fast-paced, fast-food society with slow drivers, slow internet service, and slow waiters in restaurants. But I think God put patience in in this list on the top because it is the foundation upon which all these other characteristics are built. See, God is patient, and he's playing a long game of character development with us. And it's important to be patient with others because character isn't developed overnight, right? Change usually happens at a slow pace for it to be real and lasting. Impatience is often the leading cause in increased debt. I just want to think about that for a minute. We want something before we can actually afford it. Mm. Or more importantly, we want it before we even have the maturity to handle it. Yeah. This is Listen, credit card companies have built an industry on this very principle. This idea of preying on the impatient consumer, promising immediate gratification with a low monthly cost. We often find ourselves asking at the end of the month this question, where did all the money go? Right? Well, I don't understand. Like, I got all these, right? Because we don't have one low monthly cost item that we were impatient, right? We got multiple low monthly cost items that were. How many of you know that, that Apple is jumping on this bandwagon right now? I, I was with someone the other day, good friend of mine, and he's like, Brennan, you on that Apple plan yet? I said, the Apple plan? What are you talking about? He said, yeah, man, for just a minimal fee every month, you can get the new Apple phone every time they release one by just trading yours in and taking their new one. I said, okay, so that minimum fee, is it on top of the money I'm already giving them to use the phone? Well, of course. So by the time I've paid all of these minimum fees and they release the new phone, have I given them more money than I could probably just go buy the phone for? Well, probably. But Brandon, you don't get a new phone when they release it. You don't have to wait to get a phone. Can I just be honest with you? Apple wants to put you in debt for the rest of your life. Your children are going to be paying off your iPhone 8. All because you was impatient and impulsive. And so we ask ourselves, where did all the money go? Not understanding, listen, not understanding that the interest charged for our impatience oftentimes causes the debt to increase three to ten times more the original price. But that just doesn't apply to finances. The enemy is the same way. Guys, the enemy is always promising immediate gratification at a low monthly cost. Like the credit card company, the only one who benefits from our instant gratification, knowing that we can't afford it, knowing that we can't handle it, is the enemy. It's not us. For some of us in the room tonight, the emotional debts we carry established by our inability to be patient are heavy and overwhelming. And many of us tonight sit in this room and can testify to a debt that we owe in our life, rather emotionally, physically, spiritually, or financially, because we were impatient 
because we couldn't wait until we could afford it or until we were positioned to receive it. But it's important to remember tonight, guys, that love is patient. Love is kind. Kindness is one of those attributes, I think, that can often be mistaken for weakness, right? But nothing could be further from the truth. Kindness takes discipline because it's easy to be unkind or rude, right? Kindness requires consideration, consideration for others' needs and others' desires, which means true kindness is often inconvenient. It means I'm going to set aside what's important to me or what I'm focused on, and I'm going to focus on you. Kindness also requires something that most of us lack, self-control. Mm. Hello. I mean, you should have looked at your neighbor right there and said, he's preaching to you. Right? You should have told him. Control of emotional responses when others may not be as considerate as we know that we are. Right? Because I know I'm sitting in a room tonight of considerate people. I know I'm sitting in a room tonight of people who were willing to wait a few more minutes on airline drive to let the dude out of the Taco Bell drive through <laughs> knowing I've done been sitting here on Viking Drive for all of about 20 minutes trying to get to the light. I know that there are kind people in this room. Kindness is not situational. It is easy to be kind to those who are kind to you, but true kindness is the kindness that applies even in the face of adversity. Kindness is not a part of life. It is a way of life. Like patience, kindness must be practiced. Now, I have a good friend um, who was recently in town. We were hanging out. We were talking about this aspect of kindness as it relates to Christianity. And he said, you know what? He said, we were out eating. He and his wife were out eating. He said, we were out eating the other night, and um, our waitress was horrible. Like, she was horrible. Like, she didn't get our order right. We sat there forever waiting on her to take the order. Then she let our water glasses or drink glasses empty like three, four, five times. Look, I drink water. You know what I'm saying? It ain't costing you nothing to fill my glass up. You know what I'm saying? I ain't costing the company nothing by drinking two or three Cokes. I just want some more water, right? I, nothing more I hate more to go to a restaurant and my water glass get empty. I start drinking her water. I start drinking Eli's water. I start looking at the neighbor's table, grabbing their water. Like, you going to drink that? You got Coke. You ain't going to drink that water? I'm going to get that from you. You ain't touch it? I'm going to drink that, right? And he said, Brendan, she was bad. And not, and not only that, she was rude. She made it seem like we were inconveniencing her because we came to her restaurant to eat at her table. Like, like she was supposed to get off and they sat us or something and she couldn't go home. He said, and so we began to talk about the tip. Now, he's a pastor, right? He's a pastor. So he knows I got to do the right thing here. He said, but Brennan, I'll be honest, I was really thinking I'm going to have to leave an above average tip for this woman. He says, and as they sat there, began to talk, the Holy Spirit prompted him. And the Holy Spirit said, if you're only kind to those who are kind to you, is that kindness? Now, that's not a conversation I want to get in with the Lord on a full stomach sitting at a restaurant with a lady who's rude. You know what I'm saying? That's like, hey, God, can you, hey, could, you get me on, could you get me on Sunday? Like, could we talk about this during worship? Like, you know, I done made my mind up. This girl ain't getting no tip, right? I'm walking out. In fact, she owes me money. That's how I feel about this right now. She owes me money for me being patient and kind with her. She owes me dollars, right? And he said, and he said so they began to pray about it. And, and, and through prayer and prompting of the Holy Spirit, he said the Lord told him to do this, to practice kindness. He said the Lord said, the worse the service, the greater the tip. Some of y'all would have went Buddha right then. You'd have straight left Christianity. You'd have been like, nah, I'm going to be Buddhist. I ain't finna, mm-mm. Nah, I'm going to have to get into something else. I ain't, trying, I ain't trying to give a big tip when the service is bad, God. That ain't even make sense. How's she going to learn, God? How's she going to know that she's a bad waitress if I give her a big tip? He said the Lord convicted him. He said, so Brandon, he said, we, 
pray for good service when we go out now because if we get bad service, we got to leave an above average tip. Listen, you, you got to understand something. Kindness takes practice. It takes practice. And, and what's more, remarkably, after doing this for several months, he found that the kindness led to grace. That, that as he was willing to be kind, he, be, he became more gracious, and they believed that God was using their kindness, listen, to touch the hearts of the people who, let's be honest, perhaps needed it most because they were the least likely to receive it. You know they was treating all the other tables like that. Folks wasn't going, let's leave them a big tip. Sometimes it's the people who treat us the worst who need our kindness the most. Now, if you're sitting here tonight thinking to yourself, there is no way in heaven or hell I'm going to do that. And perhaps tonight you need to begin to practice kindness in your life. Because love is kind. Third, love does not envy or boast. I know that none of us struggle with that. Love doesn't covet, but instead celebrates. Let me, let me give you an example. This can be difficult for the single person not wanting to be single. Hello, single people in the room? Got any single people? Come on. Come on, raise your hand so you can be seen by the opposite sex. Right now is your chance. Now is your chance. I'm trying to help you, okay? When someone else finds success in relationship, it's easy to be jealous or envious of them. It's easy, especially, especially if that other person happens to be your best single friend. How many of y'all been in that situation? Right, your homeboy, right, all of a sudden starts dating some girl. You and your homeboy used to hang out all the time, right? You had a schedule. You had a routine. You had a life. You did things together. You were there for each other. Now, all of a sudden, he's hooked up. You call him on the phone. He's too busy to take your call because she's sitting there going, I know you ain't going to answer that while we're hanging out together. You're leaving him messages. He ain't calling back. You trying to go to the movies and he already seen it because she wanted to go open at night. It's hard not to be envious and jealous in those situations. Ladies, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, your girl, you know what I'm saying, that, that, that you always hang out with, you know, it, you know it's, it's cookie dough night. You know what I'm talking about? You know, cookie dough night. You know, sometimes you got cookie dough night. Right? Fat pants and cookie dough. Come on, somebody. I know. Thank you. Y'all here? Y'all here? And, and you need to have a fat pant cookie dough night, right? And your girl, she ain't doing fat pant cookie dough right now. Why? She trying to be pretty all the time because she dating somebody. You know, y'all say, hey, she, you say, you say, hey, you want to meet for lunch, right? You come, you come in, 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 like, in like your workout outfit, you know what I'm saying? You, you come in your sweats, your hair ain't did, your makeup ain't done. She show up looking like she just walked off a runway. Like, why are you dressed like that? Oh, girl, I, I'm, I, you know, you know, we going we gonna to hook up tonight, later on. You know, we going out, we going out. Oh, Okay. Well, bless you. Bless you. How's that going, by the way? How's it going? I don't trust him. I don't trust him. You know, I know somebody that knew him. I know somebody that knew him. I'm just saying, be careful. Be careful. We challenge the relationship. Listen, this is real. We challenge the relationship or speak critically about the other person. We attempt to make our friend feel guilty of being less available. This is not a characteristic of love. Instead, love celebrates the relationship and offers words of encouragement rather than discouragement. Let me just make it real simple for you tonight. Love is a cheerleader, not a contender. Love is a cheerleader, not a contender, because love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love clothes itself in humility. In other words, love does not count itself as greater than others. 
Love willingly gives up the best seat to take the back seat. This is perhaps one of the most difficult attributes to obtain because the me first attitude fails to translate in the language of love. Love has every reason in the world to boast and yet opts to be silent. Love has won more battles, overcome more enemies, taken more ground, climbed more mountains, and changed more lives than all of us combined, and yet remains the most humble. Love doesn't feel the need to win because it's already won. Love does not boast. Love is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. Guys, I'm continually learning this lesson. Not this guy, but I'm continually learning this lesson. Um, It's not about me in our relationship, right? Pride goes out the window. And I've had to learn to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Because these two phrases almost always changes the entire course of a conversation and and can begin to restore some peace to what feels like an out-of-control situation. So Brandon and I, in our early years, um, and I know nobody else does this, but man, we would fight over the most stupid stuff, right? Just the most stupid stuff. We'd go three days without talking. I know the other married couples in the room know what we're talking about. I appreciate y'all. Because all the single people just went, what? You wait. Listen, it gets real awkward when you're in the bathroom brushing your teeth together and you don't acknowledge each other's presence. Okay, you're in the kitchen making dinner, not for each other, not for each other. No, you can fix your own food. You can feed your own self. All right, this for me. (laughs) But inevitably, inevitably, one of us, you know, would bend and come back and say, I'm sorry, or I was wrong. But you know what? The the truth of it is at that point, you're more sorry that you've let days go by, right? You've let days go by now. You've lost connection. You've you've not had those laughs together. You haven't watched those movies together. You You haven't been connected. You don't even remember what you fought about. You're saying you're sorry, but who knows what it was for. You're sorry now for the loss, right? True strength is evident when you lay aside your right to be right for the sake of peace in the relationship. The truth is, most of the time, she's the one coming back saying she was wrong, even though I was the one wrong. I'm just being real. We all believe that, right? I mean, y'all probably already knew, but I felt like just I should put that out there. (laughs) I had an art teacher when I was in high school named Mr. Adger. I went to Southwood High School. It's questionable if rather not Mr. Adger was ever not high <laughs> at any given point when he was teaching. That's just the reality. He was, he was a Jimi Hendrix fan. My man was stuck in the 70s, even in the 90s. I'm pretty sure Mr. Adger was hitting the weed in the back room on Please, a nobody consistent tweet that. Please. <laughs> basis. I'm just telling you. And Mr. Adger had a statement. He said, it's my way or the dough way. And he said it all the time. I have always struggled personally, even from youth, with doing things other people's way. I still struggle to this day doing things other people's way, oftentimes because I believe that there is a better, more efficient way to do it. And more often than not, I'm right, Brittany. More often than not, I'm actually right that there is a better way to do it. Love isn't insistent on its way. Love is willing, listen, to try new things. Love is willing to go new places. Love is willing to meet new people. Love is willing to experience new cultures. Love believes everyone has something to teach, give, or share that adds value to the world in which we live. This makes love a great listener. Also not one of my greatest qualities. Just being transparent. Love hears people. Now understand, it doesn't just hear their words, but their meanings. 
Love strives to be understanding even when it's uncomfortable. Love chooses to talk it out when it'd be easier to simply walk away. The truth is, guys, this is the difference between failure and success in relationships. Divorce outside of immorality is most often the unwillingness for one of the two parties to forego having it their way. Love does not insist on its way. Love is not irritable or resentful. Uh, the NIV translates this to say, love keeps no records of wrongs. <clears throat> now, ladies. Preach now. We have this miraculous ability mm -hmm. to remember every word and every detail of every misunderstanding that we were ever involved in. Men don't have this gift. They don't, they don't have it. Brandon can barely remember what we talked about at lunch. <clears throat> much less, much less the argument that we had three years ago about what would make a better sandwich, mayo or Miracle Whip. Mayo. And yes, and yes, that did happen. Yes, that, that would have been an argument in those early years. Just goes to show those deep I made my own sandwich for three days. <laughs> <laughs> With mayo. We give lip service to forgiveness, but never truly release the list of wrongs from our heart. To be quite honest, I believe that list could in some way be categorized as unforgiveness. Never truly releasing people from the hurt that they may have caused. Men, we are blessed with the ability to forget. Thank you, Jesus. It is a gift and a curse because oftentimes, listen, we find ourselves in a disagreement with the opposite sex unprepared. Like perpetually unprepared. Because <laughs> yep. we did not know there was going to be a pop quiz about an event that transpired more than 24 hours ago or even worse, 24 weeks ago. We didn't know we was going to go off topic. We thought we was going to fight about the present, <laughs> not never, having to deal with the past. Never about the present, is it, ladies? Never. Take never. notes, fellas. It is never about the present. We lost... Before we ever started. Love chooses not only to forgive, ladies, but to forget. Love doesn't make a habit of bringing up the past. Because no one other than Christ is perfect or has ever lived a perfect life. We all fall short. Amen. Men perhaps more than women. That was too quick. You was too quick. <laughs> you got you to learn to temper it. That was too quick. If you're still single, you just you took points off right there. You, it's not helping. But the truth is, the truth is, it's not healthy. It's not healthy to constantly rehash the mistakes of the past. Listen, it's not healthy for the relationship, and it's not healthy for the individuals in the relationship. Because love keeps no record of wrongs. Love rejoices with truth. Love rejoices with all truth, not just the truth we want to hear. Well, sometimes the truth can be hard to accept, but love understands that truth not only makes us better, it makes us free. Proverbs 27:6 says, "Faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy." How do you tell someone something that you know that it will be difficult for them to hear? Well, you tell them in love. It doesn't mean they'll like it, that perhaps or even accept it, but that doesn't mean they don't need to hear it. Couples can struggle sometimes to think that this is a negative uh, instead of a positive, but that's just not the case. 
if someone close to you is doing something that causes you pain or discomfort, then really you should tell them. For example, you could say, it hurts me when you don't remember the conversation that we had three years ago about what would be better on the sandwich, Miracle Whip or mayo. That hurts. That hurts. And I'm sorry. The alternative is to... (laughs) The alternative is to allow that hurt to continue until you completely lose yourself in it or them altogether. Obviously... Timing and tone are very important in this process, right? The truth isn't always the easiest thing to share, but it's always the right thing to share. I remember when Emily and I were still newlyweds and we would go to her grandmother's house occasionally to visit. Her grandmother would make this dish. And one evening, her grandmother made this dish. She was so excited to make this dish for me. And she says, oh, my gosh, have you ever had Dorito salad? Exactly. I said, no, I'm from Louisiana. Please don't judge me right now. I said, I'm, I'm from Louisiana. We don't eat Dorito salad in Louisiana. That must be a Texas thing. Because that ain't a Louisiana thing. Oh, no, I'm telling you because, because she, she proceeded to take a bag of Doritos, a head of lettuce, can of beans, and some hamburger meat, and some Italian dressing. And put that all together in a bowl. Doesn't that sound delightful? (laughs) No! (laughs) The truth is, the truth is, I hated it. I hated it. Like, this was what we were having for dinner. Like, anyone like, oh, and, and to go along with it. It's like, it's got everything. It's got hamburger meat. It's got beans. It's got chips. It's got lettuce. I mean, it's, it's all in one dish. And it's got Italian dressing on it. And it's nacho cheese Doritos. We're not talking about like a taco salad here. I hated it. But I I didn't want to hurt her feelings, so I lied to her and I told her it was great. Guess what we had next time we came over? See, had, had I just been kind but honest to begin with, I would not have to endure the fear of knowing that every time we came to visit her that I was going to have to endure this freaking Dorito salad again <laughs> that I didn't enjoy, and the only reason she was making it was because I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> but we do this. We do this, and we do this with the right motives, and we do it with the right intent, but it doesn't change the fact it's the wrong thing. We have to be honest with people. The same principle will apply in every relationship in life, especially marriage, guys. If she does something that I don't like, I've got to be willing to come to her and say, baby, I love you, love you. But I don't like it when you do this. I told her that yesterday. I got ready to go somewhere. I got out of my, I had Eli with me. That's always a chore for me. You know, I get him in my truck. I get in my truck. I'm sitting in my truck. I got my keys. I do the check, man. You know what I'm talking about, the check, right? Right, phone, wallet, keys, right, check. Got the phone, got the keys, can't find my wallet. Where's my wallet at? So I start thinking, where did I leave my wallet? Now, in fairness, I tend to leave my wallet all over the place. <laughs> but I got about four places where I leave my wallet, okay? It may look like it's all over the place to you, but I got a system. It's in one of those four places. So I tear my truck apart because it's not clean right now. I'm taking stuff out of the truck. I literally unload everything in my truck. I'm looking under the seats. I'm looking under the mats. I'm looking in between the cushions. I'm looking all over. I'm looking in Eli's car seat like just maybe he picked it up and put it there. 
I go back in the house. I begin to check the closet. I begin to tear the closet apart. It's not in the closet. I begin to look on the counter. That's where I normally put it on the kitchen counter. I'm tearing the counter apart. I'm looking through things. I go in my bedroom. Maybe it's in the bedroom. I'm going to look on the nightstand. Surely it's on. Maybe it fell under the bed. Maybe Eli picked it up and took it to his room. So I go to his room. I tear Eli's room apart looking for my wallet. Now I'm beginning to worry. I'm going to have to cancel my credit cards. I'm going to have to go get a new driver's license. That by itself. Is reason enough to be angry. <laughs> Eli's going, go daddy, go daddy, go daddy. Why? Because I told him we were going somewhere. So he's three. He wants to go somewhere. Maybe we can't go nowhere. I can't find my wallet. Where we're going, I need money. I don't have money because it was in my wallet. I spent three hours looking for my wallet. I finally texted her. I said, I can't find my wallet. I can't go do the things I need to do because I can't find my wallet. I don't have my wallet. I can't find it. Three hours later, I'm making lunch for Eli. I walk into this room where we have my desk, and there's a shelf on the desk, and on there, there's a tray. It says pocket change. Normally, it's somewhere else, and there's my wallet. I would have never put my wallet there. That's not a good place for my wallet. <laughs> Oopsie. I would never remember that my wallet was there, but my wife, because she loves me, likes to organize my life for me. Sometimes she fails to communicate that I've just organized your life while you were gone. The whole time she knew where my wallet was because she put it there. So it's important that I say to her, baby, I love you. But if you're going to organize me, tell me that I'm organized. Communicate. It seems small. But if you allow it, the small things become big things. So that's why you have to be honest. I promise you there are going to be some things. Listen, I know you're going to, you're going to get married. You're going, to, you're going to go through that engagement phase, that honeymoon phase. Everything's just amazing all the time. And then reality is going to set in. And you're going to think, I don't like it when she or he does that. But you're going to think, but I shouldn't tell him. No, you should. Because it's going to ensure that you're still married to them a year later. Because they can't be responsible, listen, for what they don't know. And too often, we hold grudges against people that we've never been honest with. The immediate discomfort of the truth is far more bearable than the long-term discomfort of a lie. Now, you tweet that. Take that home get you a shirt. I'm going to say it one more time for those of you that you were writing it down. The immediate discomfort of the truth is far more bearable than the long-term discomfort of a lie. Love rejoices in truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Simply put, there's nothing more greater or more powerful than true love because love never fails. But love is not waiting for Mr. or Mrs. Wright to come along before putting these attributes into practice. Love is bearing all things, believing all things, hoping all things, and enduring all things right now. The characteristics of love aren't developed within us, are developed within us as believers. If you're a believer, God put a measure of these things in you, yeah. just like he did faith. Yeah. You have them. They're there. But the characteristics must be practiced and worked out. Yeah. They take time and a lot of work, yeah. especially in your relationships. And if you have any expectation of nailing these characteristics without the Lord's help, you are going to be greatly disappointed. You can't do this without Jesus. You can't do this without him. The Lord's strength is the only real way to develop and implement these wonderful habits in order to have a successful relationship. And, and here's the truth. Isn't this, isn't this the person we're all looking for anyway? Like, I mean, if we really break this down, isn't this the person we want to spend the rest of our life with? Someone who is patient in an instant society? Someone who is kind in an increasingly unkind world. 
Someone who celebrates other people. Someone who walks in humility. Someone who's not arrogant or rude. Someone who is willing to try new things. Someone who's happy. Someone who doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Someone who is honest and true. Someone who will not give up no matter what. Doesn't that sound like the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with? I found one. I got lucky. I got blessed. But the truth is, is that you can find one too. Are they going to have all of these things perfected? No. You're going to be part of the perfecting process in their life. But you ought to at least see the beginning elements of these things in them. If, if you spend time with someone who's rude, inconsiderate, talks about other people, lies, that's probably not somebody you want to spend the rest of your life with. Because those things don't go away when you say, till death do us part. In fact, the reality is, is after you say, till death do us part, all the things you didn't know come out. Because now there's no reason to pretend, there's no reason to wear the mask, there's no reason to put on the show. I got her. Marriage magnifies what's already there. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. But doesn't this sound like Doesn't this sound like someone that we talk about? Doesn't this sound like Jesus? I mean, doesn't this just sound like the Messiah? That this is who he was? I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I serve a God who did not wait to love me. I, I'm glad that, that I have a God who chose to love me first. Listen, he chose to love me even when I wasn't ready to reciprocate that love. He loves me. Even when I lived in opposition to his love, he loved me. Even when I had disqualified myself in my sin, he loved me. Because his Love is, it always has been, and it will always continue to be. I'm going to invite the band to come back up on stage. We're going to close this thing down tonight. But I want you to know, I want you to know that as we've defined love tonight, as we've looked at love, as we've discovered that true love is not waiting to be who true love is. You, 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 you can't wait until you meet him or her to begin implementing these practices or principles in your life. It won't work. You've got to begin building these things now. And you've got to be praying that they're doing the same. That they're building in these characteristics into their life. That they're preparing for you. Because the day is going to come. I know some of you have probably already written it off. You're like, I'm just going to be a nun. I'm going to be a priest. It's not going to happen for me. <laughs> Not gonna have them join the Peace Corps. I'm gonna go somewhere else where they don't. They don't even. I don't even speak their language. There's no chance in the world I'm gonna end up in a relationship. But it will happen. But listen, it's not gonna happen because you wanted it to happen. It's not. That, that's not how it happens. We don't go. Well, I want to be in a relationship, and so then you're in a relationship. Do you, you want to know how to get in a relationship? Prepare for a relationship. Prepare yourself, prepare your heart, prepare your mind, prepare your spirit for the person that God is going to bring into your world so that when you guys engage each other, you're not learning in that moment how to be patient because I'm telling you, we didn't know. We were 19. We didn't know. We had not perfected patience. We had not perfected kindness. We were rude. I was arrogant. We struggled because we had not practiced. There's so many things in life that we're willing to practice, but the things that matter most, the things that will take us the farthest are these things. These things. And God has given us an outline. Isn't that just like God? He's so faithful not to leave us wondering or wanting are in a place of misunderstanding. God says, I'm going to give you a recipe for success and relationship. I'm going to give you some practices and some principles that if you will begin to implement, if you will begin to, 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 to walk in, 
it's going to be so much easier for you. It's going to be so much easier. But here's the reality. Is that through all of that, it's a choice. All of these things are a choice. Patience is a choice. Kindness is a choice. Arrogance is a choice. Rudeness is a choice. Every day, we make a choice. Some days are easier than others. But every day, we make a choice to love each other, to be there for each other, to be patient, to be kind. Did we fail? Putting this message together, we failed. I called Matt and I said, Matt, I almost got divorced over this. Because we don't do things the same way. We're not the same people. That's what makes us great for each other. She's a preparer. I'm a shoot from the hip guy. I walked in. She's like, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to talk about 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8, babe. She said, what was that? <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? I said, well, we're going to break it down. Love is patient. And then you just, I just want you to take a minute and just tell, you know, the people something about the importance of patience in a relationship. Just put some stuff out there. Talk to them. <laughs> Practical. Just tell them. She's like, I don't work that way. I said, that's the only way I know this works. <laughs> <laughs> I said, is there another way? <laughs> She's like, no, I, I need more than that. I said, what more can I give you? With patience. What Patience. Talk about patience. I mean, I don't know how to give you more instruction than this. What do I add to that? Talk about patience. <laughs> to which, I mean, I'm just, I'm just sharing our business. To which she says... That's not what I do. I'm not you. I said, I'm not asking you to be me. Nobody said be me. I don't need you to be Joe Osteen on the stage. Just be you. Just get up there and just say something about pace. You got 24 hours. You got 24 hours to come up with something about patience, babe. You're smart. You can do this. She said, I'm going to need you to write something out. I'm going to need you to put something together. I'm going to need you to do something. Fine. Fine. Okay, fine. I'll just take the next three hours of my day and write something so you can, so you can have it. I don't need it. But that's what I'm going to do. So I went to one place, and she went to another place, and I spent two and a half hours writing ten pages of notes. And she comes out of the room does what she always does I'm sorry I was wrong <laughs> to which I feel like an ass cause I know that she doesn't have any reason to be wrong and so then I'm on baby it's me it's, not, it's me it's me I, I, here I, did. I wrote it I wrote, we're, gonna, we're gonna print it out and we're gonna read over it and if you've got something you want to add to it, we're going to add to it. And we're, just, you know, we're going to put it together. It's going to be great. And she says, is the irony on this lost on you? And we're building a message about the importance of patience and kindness and humility. And we ain't talked to each other in the last two and a half hours. No, it's not lost, babe. It's not lost. Okay? It's all over me right now. It's not lost. So what am I saying? I'm saying it's never going to be perfect. But it's always possible. It's always possible to be better if you make the choice. See, she had to make a choice to walk into the room and restore the relationship. I have to make a choice to walk in the room and restore the relationship. You have to make a choice. 
And most relationships fail not because they couldn't make it. It's because we stopped choosing to make it. And so somebody, you're trying to find the one. It's a choice. It's so funny that, that we believe that, that, that God is so limited that he was only able to create one person in the entire world that we could have a relationship with. It's a choice. I chose her. I made her choose me. But do you understand that it's the same with God? God made a choice. And God chose you. He chose you. Not because you were perfect. Not because you were always obedient. Not because you always did the right thing, said the right thing. God made a choice. He made a choice to love you. Not to wait until you were redeemed to redeem you. Not to wait until you had stopped sinning to save you. God made a choice. When the choice made no sense at all, God made a choice. Why? Because God is love. And love chose you. And tonight, maybe you've never experienced that love. Maybe you've never reciprocated that choice. Maybe you've never said yes to his love, yes to his forgiveness, yes to his patience, yes to his kindness, yes to his goodness. And tonight, if you walked out of here with a better understanding of how to have a relationship with each other without having the opportunity to have a relationship with him, then you've missed it. So I'm just going to ask you very quietly, very reverently, would you stand to your feet all across the auditorium, bow your head, close your eyes, and just take a minute just to shut yourself away with God. I just want to ask you a question tonight. It's a yes, no question. It's not a hard question. Have you made the choice? Have you made the choice to receive God's love? To receive God's mercy? To receive God's grace in your life? To receive God's forgiveness for your sins. Have you made that choice? Do you know tonight? Do you know tonight that your life is right with God? Not perfect. Not perfect. But possible because of your choice. If this message encouraged you and you want to know more about 318 Live, go ahead and visit our website, 318live.co, and we hope that you have the best day ever.